vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching, proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about different types of teenage piano students. Hello, beautiful teachers. I hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful week so far. This month on the podcast and the blog is going to be all about teaching teenagers because there are some unique challenges and some unique fun things that come with teaching teens in our studios. So we're going to be hopefully conquering that area of your teaching this month. I wanted to kick us off by talking about different types of teenagers that come through our doors. Let me first of all just say that every teenager, every student, every person is unique. I'm not trying to over-categorize people here. But just like it can be useful for us to understand about ourselves that we're introverts or extroverts, or that we're shy or outgoing, or any other different things about our personality, it can be useful for us to understand the common four, as I see it, categories that teenagers fall into, just so that when we first hear about that student or meet that student for the first time, we can put them in a certain place in our mind and start to think about how we could best help them. With that being said, student type number one is what I call the yearning beginner. (laughs) If I have a favourite type of teen, I'm afraid this is it. So (laughs) I don't have favourites, of course, in categories, especially not in categories, but... I have had quite a few students who have been exceptionally wonderful students and long-term students who I've grown very attached to because I've had them for a long time who have fit in this category. So the yearning beginner is that teenager who comes to you and they have been begging their parents for lessons. They've either maybe come up with the idea more recently, but been really gung-ho about going after piano lessons and really sought it out with their parents and they're the driving force behind seeking you out, really. I've even had teens who get in touch with me themselves, slightly older teens, who get in touch with me themselves. Of course, their parent is going to pay for it, but they take that initiative to do the contact and everything. And I've had quite a few who really, they have been asking their parents for lessons for years when they finally come to me. It's no fault of their parents, but maybe they couldn't afford piano or it didn't fit in the schedule since they had to take their child to lessons and they work full time or other circumstances that just made it not realistic. Like parents cannot do absolutely everything their kids want them to do. But then they hit teenagerhood and they're able to make their own way to lessons, they're a bit more independent and they've been asking about it for years and so their parent says, all right, let's do it, let's go for it, right? These yearning beginners are ones that motivation is not going to be the issue. Now you may find that they have outsized expectations or different expectations than you might expect yourself when they come through your doors. But I wouldn't assume that either. Quite often I've had these types of yearning beginners who are also, as a separate category, sort of type A type of people, by which I mean very by the book, 
does everything they're asked to do, really likes following through on commitments and completing things the way they're supposed to be completed. So I've had a lot of them who really, they come through the door saying, I really want to learn piano, this is why, but I want you to tell me what I'm supposed to do and what's the best thing, what's the best approach. So as long as you build that trust in the beginning, you'll often find that they're very open to the way you do things or the way you would recommend them to learn. A lot of these students actually can be quite ambitious. Now they don't have to be, but there's no qualification for anything. But they often are quite ambitious, the ones I've had who have really wanted piano for a while. And because of that ambition, they often work really hard. And I've had several students who started at age 13 that by age, say, 15, they have caught up to where another student who started at age 7 is at age 15. Just because they work so hard and they're so motivated to do it. And yes, they do have, you know, more education under their belt so they can move that bit faster and they just fly through beginner material quite often. So you do need to watch out for the technique issues that can crop up because of that, but they're fantastic students. All students are fantastic students, of course, but the next one might be the most challenging for many of us, and that is the ambivalent beginner. So some teens come to us and it's because their parent wants them to do something, like their parent wants them to have some interest outside of school. They've mentioned several things and the teenager has perhaps exasperatedly said, okay, I'll do piano. So they're not super sold on this activity. It might be the best of the situation that they were in, like the best choice they felt they could make. Or they are actually interested in piano, but they don't want to appear it. So this can be just an appearance thing or it can be genuine that they're a bit like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, I'm happy to be here. That's fine. Okay, what are we doing? Rather than I really want to do this and here's why. What I'm not talking about here are students who are forced to take lessons or continue lessons by their parents. I have had those too back in the beginning of my teaching. And if you have to take students like that right now because you need the numbers, you need the money, like that is fair enough. I don't take students like that anymore. I'm in a privileged position where I don't have to. And so I don't because it results in nothing good. No teenager has ever learned to love playing the piano because their parents said they had to love it. I'm sorry, that's just not happening. I can see maybe a case for being pushed into it a little bit as a kid because you just have less, a child has less awareness over like what it's going to be like and what their interests are. And yeah, they might be persuaded. But a teenager, if they've already decided they don't want to do it, like they really don't want to do it, well, then they're not going to do it. It's pretty much that simple. So even if they're polite and lovely kids, if they've decided they do not like piano, I don't believe I can persuade them otherwise. However, the ambivalent beginner I can persuade in most cases. If they're just a little bit like, I'm not sure about this, then I need to bring them on side, show them some cool stuff, and especially show them some stuff that their peers would find cool, meaning... I don't start with Mary Had a Little Lamb. I start with things that sound like contemporary music generally. Okay, so those are my two types of beginners. The next type is the YouTube transfer. Did that just sh send a shiver down your spine? Did it? 
<laughs> okay, I know many piano teachers dread these students who have learned from YouTube. Now they want to take lessons. I know, but I honestly don't dread them at all. These are young people. Let's think about it. They're young people who have taken it upon themselves to not scroll through Instagram or TikTok or whatever on their phone, but to go on YouTube, look up a song and learn it. Often off their phone, maybe off their computer, but often they're just looking at a phone screen. And let's think about the dedication that requires. Have you seen those YouTube tutorials? They demonstrate on a piano. And if you ever try and learn from one, I actually recommend you go and do that because if you haven't tried it before, I think you should get the experience that these kids are experiencing because it is so hard <laughs> and it's so much harder than reading music. Of course, they don't know that and they don't have access to a way to learn to read music or they're not in that position, right? So they learn off these tutorials because they think it's easier maybe, but it is not. So what if they have shown you by learning those pieces off of these videos is that they seriously want to learn music. Maybe they're going about it a different way than you think is ideal, but the drive is there. And let's think about this other thing. What would you do if a fuse went in your fuse box and you didn't know how to fix it or you needed to transform a table into a standing desk or you needed to learn a few Chinese words where would you go? Maybe Google possibly directly to YouTube even if you went to Google you know what Google would show you? YouTube videos right there at the top this is how people learn stuff so yes, we know that there's a lot missing maybe from those tutorials that we can teach them in a studio. However, they're just doing what makes sense to them. And of course, this makes sense to them. Like YouTube is where you learn new skills for free. So they went there, they learned some things, and now they're ready for lessons. So yes, they often have some technique issues. They usually can't read music yet. All the more opportunity for us to have an awesome teaching experience, in my opinion, because you get to introduce them to these things. So as long as you can bring them on side and build trust with them, are you noticing a common theme here? These students can go super far. They have the drive to learn and they have shown that to you. We have a chance then to guide them so that they become well-rounded musicians who can enjoy playing all sorts of music. And then type number four, is the traditional transfer. This is probably the most familiar or the easiest to identify for many of us. This is a student who had another teacher before us and then for whatever reason, whether it's moving house, their old teacher firing them, yes, that does happen, or them deciding to leave the previous studio, they've had to switch to us or they're going to switch to us. So it doesn't really matter why. I actually don't care whether their teacher fired them or they don't like their previous teacher or whatever. I will listen to their stories and, you know, get to know them in that way. But really, any student that comes through my door with previous experience, no matter what age they are, I need to try and find out where they're at, where they want to go, so that I can help them. It can be challenging for sure to figure out where the holes are in their knowledge, what they've learned perhaps where they want to go if they're not opening up right away, but it's absolutely worth it and it can also be a fun problem-solving opportunity. 
So those are my four types. We had the traditional transfer, the YouTube transfer, the ambivalent beginner, and the yearning beginner. Now I want to give you a couple of tips to finish up that apply to all of these teenagers. There are two general principles that I think you need to put in place if you're teaching any kind of young person. <laughs> First of all, let them know that you're listening. You are actually listening to what they say. Right from the start, you need to let this teenager know that you're on their wavelength. That is the most important thing. More important than figuring out where they're at with reading or even their musical taste. It's just the fact that you are listening to them and that you're conversing with them as a fellow human. This does not mean that you need to be cool or use slang or understand TikTok trends. You just need to show them that you value their opinions and you take them on board. You value them as a person. So start by asking them why they're taking piano lessons, what they want to get out of it. Even if they say something that sounds kind of a little bit off to you, like they want to learn for a lease and then they'll stop, don't correct them, especially not right away. You can adjust their expectations gradually over time, but just take it on board. Take what they said as if it's, you know, relevant and important information, which it is. And then also ask them about their lives more generally. It can be harder to get teenagers to open up, but even if they give you a tiny little piece of information, make sure you follow up on it next week so that they know that you listened and then they'll start to open up more. General principle number two is to create common goals. You need to be moving, both of you, towards a shared goal. So you make sure you find out what the students' goals are. Some of them will be more general. They'll say, oh, well, I just want to learn to play a bit. I don't really know. And that's fine. But some of them will say, I want to learn for a lease or I want to do exams or I want to learn Taylor Swift songs and sing along to them. Whatever they say, you need to make sure they know that you have taken those goals on board and then you need to break them down into micro goals so that you're going in the right direction and they know what those steps are to get there. I think we can be tempted sometimes to take the reins too much with teenagers, especially younger teenagers, but I really would like you to think about them as an adult, just in this respect. They are not an adult, okay? They can't run their whole lives, I get that. But they do want to be treated as an adult in this way. And if an adult came into my studio and said they wanted to learn Queen, I wouldn't put them on a trajectory towards purely classical music. Like that would just, no, why would I do that? <laughs> so I'm not going to do that to a teenager either. I will gradually try and broaden their mind if they're very narrowly focused, but you need to let them express who they are. Let them make choices because that's really what teenagers are built to do is to grow their independence, to start to assert themselves and make more choices. So you need to give them the opportunity to do that. So you're the guide, you break down the goals, you make sure they're going in the right direction and you let them know that the direction is the one that they have expressed to you already. Your one thing this week is to think about which type of teenagers you have in your studio or have coming into your studio soon out of this list. 
So I would love to hear which types of teenagers you have seen in your studio. If you think I've missed one out that commonly happens in your studio, do come find me. I'm on Instagram at Colorful Keys, or you can leave a comment under the article that goes along with this episode on the Colorful Keys blog. I'll see you there and I'll see you back here next week. Vibrant Music Teaching Membership costs less than the price of one lesson each month. That is totally worth it for all of the courses, games, resources, downloadables, printables that you can get access to as a member, as well as the fabulous community support you'll find inside. Go to vmt.ninja and become part of the revolution. Music